Kids will be kids. That's why you need the Children's Hospital of San Antonio Emergency Center Stone Oak. As the area's only pediatric emergency center made just for kids, our experience team is ready 24-7. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you with us. Our co-host, Carol Zerniel, is on special assignment today, and we are delighted to welcome our regular fill-in, Tina Smith, who has been with us on a number of occasions. Tina is Director of Caregiver Program Operations for the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's got a Master's in Social Gerontology from the University of Central Missouri and a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology from the University of Missouri, Columbus. Tina is involved in caregiving and all of the issues surrounding adults with the Bear Agency on Aging before she joined the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's also served as an adjunct instructor with Kaplan University. And as always, Tina Smith, it is great to have you with us. Oh, thank you very much, Ron. I'm looking forward to being here today. For those who may not have heard you before uh, when you filled in for Carol Zerniel, what was it that attracted you to gerontology? Really, it was uh, my very first job. I, got a, uh, I was working as an activity assistant in a nursing home. Um, had never been in a facility. I'd had some older relatives, but just absolutely fell in love working with the residents there. Such um, such good history, such good stories, and just a, a wonderful population to work with and, and just kind of made my way uh, through the ranks. And so it's it's been a good journey and looking forward to more. And I'm sure that in your experience, you've dealt with folks who had a variety of uh, brain injuries who were uh, dealing with those issues. And we've got a couple of guests today who has spent a lot of time looking at that topic, and they are developing uh, some incredible treatments. Dr. James Leichleiter is at the UT Health Science Center in San Antonio, and Dr. William Karenik of Astrocyte Pharmaceuticals, both are joining us. Dr. Leichleiter is a professor of cell systems and anatomy at UT Health. His laboratory is interested in the molecular and cellular mechanisms of protection after traumatic brain injuries, ischemic stress, chronic traumatic deals, and age-associated neurodegenerative diseases. We also have with us Dr. Kornick at Astrocyte Pharmaceuticals. He's CEO and co-founded the company in 2014. Prior to that, he spent a number of years with Pfizer and has been involved in a variety of R&D research and development positions over the years. And gentlemen, we are delighted to have you both with us. Uh, let's chart, start, if we may, with uh, Dr. Lechleiter. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happens to the brain when it's injured? Well, a lot of things happen, but I think <clears throat> what's a really shared problem that people have is you lose blood flow. It's very common, whether it's a traumatic injury because of bleeding or something like a stroke in which you have an occlusion, right, in which you get a little clot that's stuck in the blood and actually prevents blood flow to the rest of the brain. And that means you lose oxygen and actually uh, delivering nutrients to the regions of the brain. And so they become really stressed. And if you don't reestablish that blood flow quickly, um, some of those cells can die. You know, so. 
and the kind of research that you're involved in now? So it turns out there's in-between states, you know, cells don't die immediately. And so we're trying to save some of them, right? So there's there's an interesting sort of um, what I'd call critical zone in which the cells are sort of what we call compromised. They have low oxygen, meaning they aren't they aren't optimal, but they're there and they're ready to sort of, you know, wait for conditions to return to normal. And so we try to enhance the protective mechanisms that kick in and that naturally was sort of, you know, help the brain heal as quickly as it can to reestablish sort of the normal conditions. So, yeah, so we're trying to target these cell types. We mentioned it before, these um, other cell type is the astrocyte, the caretaker. And, and that cell really does a great job of sort of acting on stress trying to maintain and restore the environment to make the nerves happier. And astrocytes, it's not a, a cell that most of us hear much about. Uh, they're hanging out in the brain. Uh, you said they're caretakers. Uh, what do they do? So they do a lot of things that the neurons don't do. Uh, neurons are really a specialized cell in the brain that's great for signaling, but they don't take care of themselves. So when you think of nerve impulses, that's what nerves do, and they're good for thinking and signaling. But the astrocytes are important for making sure the nerve cells get the nutrients. They're important for sort of uh, passing along different factors that will control whether or not they can survive a harsh environment like oxidative stress. Um, uh, they they are important for actually sort of, you know, even controlling some of the signaling. I consider them the uh, adult in the room sometimes. They sort of, you know, if you got an overactive nerve cell, the, the astrocyte can help settle them down. They sort of, you know, maintain the ionic environment to sort of make sure everything is at a good homeostasis. We're going to turn to uh, Dr. Cornick in just a moment, but for those who've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith, Carol Zernial on special assignment, and we were talking about brain injuries and treating human subjects who've struggled with brain injuries. And Dr. Cornick, uh, how do you and your company come into this? Yeah, so we've uh, been studying this now for a, a number of years, and I guess and maybe just to, to back up, I, mean, I know a lot of people in your audience, you know, are, are used to dealing with people with disabilities, and, and stroke is, you know, one of the leading causes of disability in this country. And when people have a, a stroke, you know, over the hours and days after that stroke, they're just losing more and more of that brain to kind of expanding lesion. So the the hope is, and imagine if you could. You know, if within the hours or day of uh, your loved one having a stroke, uh, you're able to bring them into the ER, they're able to take a, a medicine, and that medicine allowed them to, you know, save half of that brain tissue from, from being lost. We call those clot busters? Um, there are clot busters out there now. There's one enzyme, and then you can do surgery to try and remove that clot as well. And both of those have benefit. But what we're talking about is if you could, in addition to that, uh, give a medicine that would save half the brain tissue from being lost beyond that clot busting, you know, wouldn't that be fantastic? And that's what we're seeing in animal studies that we're conducting now. And have you started, uh, Dr. Lechleiter, on human studies as well? Actually, we just started this summer our first clinical trial, but it's actually what we call a phase one clinical trial. So you, so the, the route to um, getting this into the clinic you have to test it in healthy people first. We want to make sure we do no harm. Um, and so uh, we've begun those series of studies. Um, they're actually quite encouraging. We have no adverse effects so far, and we just have to go through the steps before we start treating people with um, brain injuries. And you're giving them a, a new medication developed uh, by Astrocyte? 
Yeah, so we've actually done this work together, you know, so so it's actually a compound we did in uh, collaboration with Astrocyte, um, Dr. Cornick and I, and actually a, a third individual in the company too came up with this particular compound. Um, it was one that actually uh, we, I wouldn't say predicted, um, we actually had good evidence that it actually might be an active compound. Uh, we tested it in small animals first, and we've been actually giving it to larger and larger animals to, to make it a more rigorous test, and we finally made it to humans, yes. And is this uh, something that ultimately uh, could be widely used in ERs? Uh, we hope so. And we think there's every reason to expect that, actually. So it's it's um, one of the disadvantages of the current medicine, the clot busters that you talked about, is that you can only take it within the first, you know, three, four, five hours, you know, of the clot, because after that, it can actually cause bleeding and more damage. Um, so it's really problematic. It's a very small subset of patients who are eligible for that. So the drug that we have, you can take at any time up into whenever there's brain tissue to um, uh, save. And so, so yes, we think actually anybody coming off the sidelines from a heart injury in a football game or a soccer game uh, to a, an accident, the paramedics, all those things we think very much so uh, people could be taking this. Somebody was telling me there, there are more head injuries in soccer than in football. I think that's true. I think there certainly as many. Yeah, I mean, people forget about the head, the head shots all the time. But there's a lot of people that actually, um, there, there's uh, soccer is a very, you can't use the hands, but it means you got the feet and the head. That's basically it. You know, so. Now, I'm you care, go ahead, Tina. I'm sorry. I was just that's okay. I was just I'm curious. You mentioned the word healing earlier. So does this with this drug? Are you finding that instead of just stopping the damage that's done, it's actually repairing uh, some of those some of those cells? Uh, we, we've got good evidence that that's the case, yes. Um, oh. uh, not only does it actually slow down uh, the, the, the growth of these infarcts, but if we delay the treatment, you know, like sometimes in mice you can do this, we wait, and in mice we've waited as long as 24 hours to see, well, is there benefit at that point? And the answer is yes. Obviously, you, you want to get it to, um, get it to your system as quickly as possible. But there's evidence that we can reverse at least some of it. Sometimes, you know, there's sometimes you're past the point of, you know, no return. But there is clearly benefit structurally that we've seen, which we can get some reversal of some of the damage that's being caused. Yes. When you test this on healthy people, uh, you're looking at whether there's side effects, right? Yeah. So we start off at a, a low dose, a dose that has, we've uh, tested at kind of 100 fold that level in, in animals. And then we go in at the low dose at humans, see if there's any adverse effects in both uh, people that are treated with our drug or with placebo. And then you kind of do it through a couple of different dose escalations till you get to the dose that we're expecting to use in the phase two trial with patients uh, next year. How is it administered? So we have two different formulations. So we have one that's made for the emergency room, which is a, an IV infusion. So it'll be in, uh, infused over you know a period of a couple hours. And then we also have an oral tablet, which is more of a field formulation. So imagine it being on the, on the sidelines of a sports game or in military backpacks where it's the size of a nickel. And that tablet disintegrates in your mouth without water. So that would be something you could take for more mild injuries like concussions. And it can be given really prophylactically. You don't know there's a brain injury. Well, let's do this. So, so far, we've been doing it as uh, kind of after the injury. Um, so that's the most pragmatic. So that's what we've been doing in our studies and our clinical studies. But um, as we keep going, if it's working very well in that situation, you can imagine people who are going into a football game, people going into a battlefield situation where uh, that's something that you'd want to test and see if you can kind of help uh, prevent even more damage. 
because watching football uh, and other sports, baseball as well, you see people who get smacked with 100-mile-an-hour baseballs or heads slammed uh, to the turf. Uh, Sometimes they're injured, sometimes they're not. Yeah, and it, actually, I think a lot of the evidence now is pointing to not just the, the big concussions, the one where people get knocked unconscious is causing a lot of damage, but a lot of those sub-concussive hits, if you're just banging your head a lot and rocking back and forth, which you see in, in football, interior line, you see it in boxing matches, a lot of those situations, that can actually be even more damaging than just that one big hit. Well, I think of what it did to Muhammad Ali. Exactly. As you look at this medication and the uh, development, I want to come back in just a moment and find out from you how large this protect this potential pool is for those who would benefit from it. It's got to be a huge number of people. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Tina Smith, who is filling in today for Carol Zerniel. We're talking about uh, new medication that can be used to treat head injuries. Stick with us right here on Caregiver SOS on Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Tina Smith, who is filling in today for Carol Zerniel. And we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Dr. James Leichleiter of the UT Health San Antonio and Dr. William Cornick of Astrocyte Pharmaceuticals, talking about brain injury treatments and a medication that they are pioneering to deal with those injuries. And uh, as we look at this, Dr. Cornick, uh, you had mentioned in, in passing battlefield injuries, and we see more and more of those. When you look at the weapons that are being used today, uh, many of them designed to knock people out. Yeah, the the, the military has as a top priority is something that can protect our warfighters from uh, traumatic brain injuries, and you are seeing it. You know. On the, on the battlefield, you're seeing it with IEDs, you're seeing it with, uh, people that do breaching of, uh, of different bunkers, et cetera. So it's it just, and then you see accidents as well. It's just a very common injury in the military. So we've been partnering with them over the past few years. Uh, we've explored whether our drug protects the brain, not only after a blunt force trauma, but after a blast trauma, which is more of a diffuse injury. Uh, and we've been looking at with them on kind of how to make this into a very convenient oral formulation. Our our drug is very stable. And one of the last steps is boiling it for 12 hours in uh, trihydrofluoric acid. So it's a, a very uh, uh, robust, stable molecule. And it should be able to withstand very high temperatures, imagine desert or uh, alpine conditions. So, again, it's very synergistic with what the, the military hopes to accomplish with uh, a battlefield treatments for the, the warfighters. And the hope would be that medics would carry it or would you? issue it to uh, service people? So given that it's, it's a simple tablet that you could basically kind of carry it in your backpack, it tells it's on the middle gram level. So very lightweight, very simple, and you can easily kind of put it into your mouth after you've uh, had a, a blast or some other type of injury in the field. Talk about the numbers of people potentially that could be helped by this. 
Yeah, the number of uh, neuroprotection is a pretty broad set of uh, areas that you can kind of cover. And uh, just starting out with stroke in the U.S., there's 800,000 individuals are having a stroke every year. Uh, and then traumatic brain injury, there's about 1.7 million people that have a, a traumatic brain injury and go into the emergency room each year. And that's not even counting the concussions. There's an estimated there are 5 to 10 million concussions that are happening. And these people bump their head, they bump it hard, uh, but they're not going into the ER. So there's just a tremendous number of people here that could benefit by having something that relieves the symptoms, helps recover faster, and hopefully doesn't set up them for having some long-term uh, neurodegeneration as well. So, Dr. Lechleiter, as a parent of uh, young kids, we've got twin boys who are nine, a little girl who's about to turn 11, uh, getting involved in sports. We worry about head injuries. You should. I mean, head injuries can be very uh, scary. And I think it's something I think we're much more cautious about now, at least sensitive to. And I think, you know, first level, we would like a drug that we can take that would minimize any damage that occurs. And, but in the second level, sometimes you can just listen to your kid and say, well, my head hurts. It's got a headache. So I mean, stop, pull back, wait for your head to heal a little bit. Because I think one of the things that we're learning about from the research is that it's the repetitive injuries that are the most damaging. You can We've all had a simple knock in the head, but when you do this multiple times um, and haven't allowed the brain to heal in between, that's when you can get yourself into trouble, long-term trouble. I mean, we're almost to a point where kids in sports, uh, soccer, baseball, ought to wear helmets 24-7. There's an interesting argument that, yes, that's the case, but I think the more protected you are sometimes, the more times you're willing to take the risk of giving yourself a hit, too. You know, I, I, that's an interesting question to be asking or, you know, a discussion to actually have. It is important to take um, protection, anything that you can do to protect the brain. But again, I want to say mild, a lot of repetitive mild concussions in some people can lead to long-term problems uh, that I think we have to be sensitive to. So, My middle son, Mitch, played rugby where they wear no pads. Uh, and I used to talk to him about it. And he said, you know, if you had pads on, you do even more things you shouldn't do. Yeah, that's probably true. Yes. <laughs> so as you as you take a look at the kind of next step, you're in phase one. Uh, how do you go into phase two? So you begin to help real folks with real injuries. So we are designing the, the clinical study right now. And the, the likely first place we will go is to look at the stroke patients. There's been a number of studies done recently in stroke patients where you can, you know, kind of test a, a medicine on a similar set of people, people that have a similar brain injury, usually it's a clot in the middle cerebral artery. It's about the same you know, length of uh, time they've been kind of having that stroke. So it allows you to test whether or not the drug's having an impact or not. And that's just a little different than, you know, traumatic brain injury where all those people coming in are going to be having you know, different areas of the brain that got injured to different severities. It's a little more heterogeneous. So we want to first see in that more control population whether it works and then expand to, you know, the traumatic brain injury and other injuries that you can, can imagine. I know, Tina, for caregivers who are listening to this, uh, what do you think they're thinking? Well, they're, I'm sure that's bringing some hope, uh, especially those for caring for, um, you know, persons who have had the strokes. And, you know, and just the idea that there may be something out there that can reverse some of that damage would be would be life changing for both uh, the person who had the stroke as well as the, the caregiver as far as the level of care uh, that needs to be provided. And, and I'm curious, have you all thought about or will you look at this uh, maybe eventually as it relates to Alzheimer's disease? 
It's very much very an interest much. of ours. Uh, we've actually started studies, again, preclinical studies, to ask that exact question. Um, I don't want to say too much other than to say that it's very encouraging at this point. There are animal models of Alzheimer's in which we can overexpress these amyloid plaques, uh, which are typically you know, indicators of actually um, uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, and you can get animal models that will develop behavioral symptoms after, say, nine months, 10 months, you know, uh, of age, which is equivalent to a good 50, 60 year old, you know, uh, 40, 50, 60 year old person. So, so it's a good animal model that actually does have a lot of the symptoms of humans. Short answer is when we've been treating those for uh, nine months, uh, they've had less of these plaque loads. So we think this quite encouraging signs uh, that this drug may be much more universal are, are widely used in, in a lot of different indications and that's because of the center role that astrocytes play as a healer in the brain we think you know because at the moment as you're aware there really aren't any effective drugs to treat alzheimer's they may slow or delay onset uh, but for the most part uh, it's a false promise to think that that's an answer it is, um, and I think everybody would love to find that spot. But even slowing and delaying and reducing the insect, that could that could be sig significant too. I think, it's sure. you know, I mean, I don't even know that we have that. You know, I think, you know, it's really been a, a dearth of, of possibilities. Uh, all the drugs that have been tested have been, frankly, quite disappointing, I think, um, uh, in the Alzheimer's field. So, yes, we're, we're excited about trying to put something new, a, a new time of approach out there. A new different way to do this so at the moment the mice are happy uh they're a lot happier than they were yes you know so <laughs> then they're siblings yes exactly uh, and, and as you take a look and we don't want to tease people uh too much but that target for alzheimer's uh, we're an aging society uh more and more people's ten thousand a day turn 65 of uh, the numbers of aging americans higher risk for alzheimer's is growing exponentially any drug that could be effective would be so welcome yeah. Yes, and I think it's it's like I said, we've certainly realized the need. Um, we've we've got a drug and a activation or pathway or protective pathway that we seem to be able to act act on and, and stimulate, enhance. Um, that just is looking very promising. We've had a number of indications, like uh, Dr. Cornick said, stroke, traumatic brain injury, but also uh, early indications are in Alzheimer's. Uh, believe it or not, in hearing loss from blast explosion, it's something else that we actually looked at. The inner ear, there's um, a lot of horrific activity that occurs after a loud sounds that you can lose hearing. And for reasons, you know, that don't want to go into details, but we've had uh, efficacy there too. It's had benefits. So we're excited about this drug, yes. How many folks do you have working on this in your lab, doctor? Uh, we can always use more. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we we've had a relatively small lab, but the way um, uh, Dr. Cornick and Astrocyte Pharmaceuticals does this, it's it's a um, sort of the modern version of how you do this. You do a lot of subcontracting. So we probably have you know at any given time six to ten people in my lab, it's a small group. Um, but then Dr. Cornick and his group, he'll he'll subcontract somebody over in you know Japan did some of the um, uh, non-human primate studies, or some studies in a lab in France. So it's actually you can. You can bring in other people that aren't directly with the lab, and he, he coordinates that from his uh, from the company side. So, yeah, I want to come send people inside the company. But uh, in addition to working with Japan, we've had our drug made in Italy and the UK. We have collaborations with Australia, with Germany, University of Minnesota, Penn. Uh, so it's just a pretty wide spread wow. uh, set of uh, you know collaborators and contact research organizations that, that we've been able to utilize to to really help push this forward. 
I, I don't want to leave without coming back to something Tina said, uh, because for those who've had a stroke, who have suffered damage, uh, this drug uh, can be effective early on. But uh, after you've had a stroke one year, two years, three years later, no promise. Yeah, I think the majority of our data has really been in treating in those initial kind of day after the stroke. We see reversal of the, some of the damage that's occurred in that first day. Uh, but we haven't really tested if you've been, you know, to treating someone who's been six months out, a year out from the stroke. So uh, I think that's a, a little bit more of a challenge because all of the, the, what's happened in the brain's kind of settled down at that point. Uh, so we're not seeing kind of that uh, long term kind of recovery. It's more in the, the short term reversal. Um, and seeing that recovery happen in the kind of initial kind of days and weeks after the injury. Be nice if you could just shoot them up with new brain cells. <laughs> I could do some extra brain. Yes. It would be- yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, how, I want to how thank- do- Go ahead. I was just, just going to ask a quick question. How do people um, uh, find out or keep track of your study and learn about when some research op- you know, opportunities or volunteering for a research study? How do they keep track of you all and what you're doing? So we, we do have a website, uh, www.astrocytepharma.com, and people can sign up for our news alerts on, on the website. Um, we hope to have, be having kind of more news here over the next uh, kind of two, three years as we move from uh, you know, the healthy, normal volunteer phase one cool. study into kind of a phase two study with a uh, patient. So uh, we hope to keep making uh, progress here and hope that I can help all the, you know, the patients and the caregivers that are out there. Astrocyte is A-S-T-R-O-C-Y. T-E, pharma.com. Thank you both for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you to Tina Smith filling in today for Carol Zerniel. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.